Snake Attack by Doug Colligan. Without warning, the giant anaconda shot out of the water and wrapped its powerful body around the eight-year-old boy. With barely a ripple, the five-metre snake slithered into the small pond. The mottled black and green anaconda was common in this part of western Brazil. Heavy February rains had transformed streams into torrents. In its relentless hunt for food, the 90-kilogram serpent had followed the swollen tributary of Black Mud Creek to the pond. It glided to a spot near the edge, where its massive body was barely visible in the murky shallows, slowly lifted its large head so its eyes and nostrils just broke the surface of the water, and waited. Joaquim Pereira walked into the room where his grandchildren anxiously awaited the beginning of the Brazil-Portugal soccer match on February 6, 2007. After three rainy days, the sun had finally broken through and the air was hot and muggy. Joaquim decided it was an ideal time for the children to cool off before the game. Let's go for a swim, he urged them. He and his wife, Erendina, cherished the grandchildren's visits to their farm. They were the only things about Sao Paulo he missed. When his job at a metal factory in Sao Paulo ended, the 66-year-old moved to this house in Cosmorama just a few dozen kilometres from the vast, untamed wetlands of the Pantanal. He spent his days tending a few cows and growing manioc, a starchy food staple. For the children, especially eight-year-old Mateus, coming to their grandfather's farm was an adventure. Mateus looked forward to running barefoot through the fields, kicking a ball with his cousins and playing with his grandfather's dogs Tokinho, Piti and Scooby. On warm days, there was always time for a dip in the pond, 10 metres across and 1.5 metres deep, on the back edge of the property. On this Tuesday afternoon, however, Mateus was more interested in waiting for the game to start than going for a swim. Come on, his grandfather teased. It's warm outside. So Mateus joined cousins Flavio, 11, and Camilla, 9, and his brother Gustavo, 7, on the path to the pond. Mateus ran ahead of the other young boys, down the muddy trail to the swimming hole. At the water's edge, Mateus paid little attention to what looked like the tip of a submerged log a couple of metres away. He did not see the glistening eyes locked on him. The anaconda patiently tracked the young boy's movement. Its flickering tongue picked up his scent, a prelude to its strike. The biggest snakes in the world, anacondas can stretch well over 10 metres long and weigh more than 150 kilograms. A large body means a large appetite. They devour whatever they can swallow. Wild pigs, sheep, dogs, large South American rodents called capybaras that weigh about 45 kilograms, even crocodiles and small deer. Ambush hunters, they prefer to lie in wait in the shallows on the edge of rivers, lakes or pools. Slowly, the snake cocked its head into an S-shape and with blinding speed shot its head out of the water. Mateus reflexively dodged the long dark shape coming at him. The snake's mouth glanced off his right shoulder, but as the boy turned to run, the anaconda reared back and struck again, its jaws wide open, and sank its teeth into the boy's right side. Anacondas are not venomous, but they are equipped with more than 100 needle-sharp teeth curved backwards to hold their struggling victim. 
the snake slid its powerful body out of the water and in seconds had wrapped its muscular coils around the child, from head to toe. At that moment, Flavio arrived at the ridge overlooking the pond. He saw the last seconds of the attack and ran back uphill screaming. A dozen metres behind the children, Joachim heard their shouts. They must be swimming, he thought. Then the voices got closer. A snake's got Mateus! Instantly, Joachim started to sprint towards the pond. As he ran, he yelled, Flavio, get me a knife! When he reached the shore, there was no Mateus, just a huge knot of a green and black speckled snake writhing and squirming around its victim, his grandson. He grabbed the wet, shiny coils and frantically pulled. There was the top of Mateus's head, then his forehead. There were Mateus's big, dark eyes, filled with terror. And then something horrible. The little boy's face was blue. The snake's tail had become jammed in his mouth and he was suffocating. Mateus had been knocked into a half-sitting position, his arms pressed to his sides by the snake's powerful body. In desperation, the boy bit down hard on the tail. It did nothing. It wasn't until Joachim yanked the tail free that Mateus was able to breathe. He gasped. It's choking me! Joachim had to act fast. An anaconda kills by squeezing its prey so tightly it cannot breathe, or by dragging it into the water to drown. Anaconda experts believe the snakes also kill by constriction. They literally stop blood circulation, causing the victim to asphyxiate. Death can come within five minutes. Fighting the twisting, muscular snake, the burly 66-year-old pulled it from the boy's shoulders and got his next shock. Clamped to Mateus's right side, just below his armpit, was the anaconda's head. It seemed to be glaring right at Joachim. He grabbed the snake just below the head. It snapped open its mouth, bearing rows of sharp teeth. Joachim picked up some rocks and shoved them straight down the snake's throat. But to a creature capable of swallowing a whole deer, a few rocks were nothing. Joachim tried to pry its head off Mateus's side. He gripped the two halves of the anaconda's jaws and pulled, yanking so hard he could hear ripping. Still the snake would not let go. Its lower jaw dug deeper. I'm going to die, Grandpa, the boy moaned. No, you're not, Joachim promised. He picked up a rock twice the size of his fist and using all of his strength, brought it down on the snake's head, hoping to make the anaconda loosen its grip. Instead, Joachim felt the snake's massive muscles tense. Mateus's eyes bulged. He screamed, it's tightening! Joachim's wife, Erendina, was in the kitchen when Flavio came running breathlessly onto the back porch. A knife! Give me a big knife, he urged. A snake attacked Mateus. Rattled by the boy's urgency, she rushed over to a pile of old tools and pulled out a short machete. The wooden handle was gone, only the nails that held it were left, and the blade was rusty and dull, but it was the best she could find in those few frantic seconds. Flavio grabbed it and ran towards the pond. Following him, Erendina began running slowly, painfully towards the creek. Eleven years ago, her foot had been badly mangled in an accident in Sao Paulo, and it had never healed properly. She tripped on the rough ground several times, but struggled on. Joachim found himself in an endless wrestling match with the five-metre serpent. No sooner would he pull away some of the anaconda from Mateus then it would bend itself into a muscular knot and try to twist out of his hands.
The anaconda was as flexible as rope, and it was fighting ferociously to keep its prey. Joachim had pulled two metres of the snake off Matthias when he realised it was trying to wind itself around him. After several minutes, he grabbed the body and sat on it. He had been battling with the huge serpent for 15 minutes and was getting desperate. The anaconda was still wrapped around the boy from his waist to his feet, and its jaws were clamped fast to his side. When Flavio came running, Joachim grabbed the knife and swung at the anaconda. The heavy blade bounced harmlessly off. He hacked again and again. Nothing. It's like hitting a truck tyre, Joachim thought. Using all his strength, he hit the snake so hard the loose nails in the knife's handle tore open his right hand. This time he made a cut. For a moment the snake released its grip. Then it tightened. Two more cuts had no effect. He grabbed the snake's head in his left hand and brought the knife smashing down on its skull. He hacked away in such a frenzy he accidentally chopped into his hand. Joachim smashed and smashed and smashed. The blows shattered the snake's upper jaw, which went slack. Matthias felt the suffocating compression ease and shouted, It's letting go! The boy pushed the coils of the snake off his body, crawled up the steep slope from the pond and ran, blood streaming down his right side. He met Erendina and his cousins on the path and they took him to the house. Joachim was still locked in a deadly dance with the anaconda. Holding its head at arm's length with his left hand, he pounded it with the knife in his right. The huge serpent was furiously whipping and twisting its powerful tail, trying to ensnare Joachim. While Flavio sat on the anaconda's twitching tail, Joachim kept hacking until he felt it go limp in his hands. Relieved, he dropped the mortally wounded serpent on the muddy shore. The struggle had lasted half an hour. But how was Matthias? A weary Joachim started up the long slope. At the house, Erendina had gently washed Matthias's wounds. Joachim loaded him into his car and rushed him to a nearby clinic. Miraculously, all the boy needed were 21 stitches to close the puncture wounds. X-rays showed no internal injuries. The only other sign of the ordeal were black and blue marks on his neck and arms. Joachim has seen no other anacondas since the attack, although he says there are days when his cows will not drink at the stream, perhaps seeing a deadly visitor he missed. Over the Easter holidays, the grandchildren were back at his farm. Joachim says the horror of that afternoon has deepened his appreciation for his family. For Matthias, the scars are fading, as is the trauma. He still looks forward to his visits to the farm, though no one in the family swims in the pond anymore. Under the watchful eye of Joachim, who now carries a knife when he goes to the stream, Matthias has even revisited the pond. Was he scared? Matthias shrugs and says with a smile, My grandfather will take care of things. For more RD Talks, visit readersdigest.com.au Brought to you by Reader's Digest Australia. Narration by Zoe Mernier. Sound production by Ricky Price.